It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor, uh, reflecting on the Millwall draw at the weekend, talking about what the club is doing at the moment to tackle coronavirus. They have put in some things or something. Measures. Some measures, that's the word I'm looking for, Gregor. Baby brain. Sleep-deprived brain at the moment, I'm afraid. Uh, also, we're going to look ahead to Fulham and the 125-year anniversary this weekend and reflect on a very interesting comment from Lee Johnson against Millwall in just a second. But let's start with the Millwall game. Uh, one all, Gregor and Lee Johnson said they were good for 45 minutes, but this is getting a little frustrating, isn't it? You know, he's put two halves together, not just one. Yeah, good and bad. We'll start with the positives. It was much better than the Huddersfield game in midweek. And I actually thought when, in the first half an hour, I thought Bristol City were very good. And they reminded me of Reading away recently Mm. because they looked very well organised. They looked well coached. And I could see what they were trying to do. They were pressing high. Six changes. Yeah, they did make six changes. Um, And I I was a bit worried about that. I did Mm -hmm. wonder if that was going to affect the the synchronicity of the side and, and how they would get going but they I can't remember did they they were in a yeah 4-4 four, four. it was back to the 4-1-4-1 four, one, four, one formation when they didn't have the ball but it was, looked like a 4-4-2 four, four, when they did when they were attacking yeah yeah none of the new signings were in the team so yeah they they basically he'd, he'd gone with the guys yeah gone back to the guys that have been there a while who knew who know what he wants Back to basics, you might say. And that's kind of a reaction you'd expect from Tuesday. And actually, I thought they played very well early on. As I say, they, they pressed the ball high. They, they they had a couple of chances, a couple of good positions. They didn't really create too much in the final third and they didn't create too many chances in the game. And we'll come on to that. But yeah, as I say, they started the game well. And and I, I thought that was, that was a big positive and much better than Tuesday at Huddersfield. However, after half-time... They just sank back, and they couldn't. Nervous? Really, yeah, yeah. I could didn't think they could deal with uh, the way Millwall were were approaching the game in terms of they were just hoisting up big long diagonals yeah. aimed at the fullbacks and Jada Silva and um, and Pedro Pereira coming back in first start since middle of December and scored. Yeah, a good goal from him, and I actually thought he played well in the main. But neither of them could could cope with those high balls so much. And we know that they put so much pressure on you at set pieces. And Matt Smith was being a real pest on big, those. Big, well, we know about Matt Smith, of course, don't we, from yeah. his time at... Uh, Ashley Gate. Were you were you here when Matt Smith played for Bristol City? No, I wasn't coming to the club. Uh, he was he's lovely as well. He always used to stop for a chat after as well. But you know, some well actually when he was here, not many of the players that are here now were there, I guess. But you know, they've done their research. They know about his threat. Yes, yes. It's a different thing dealing with it. He actually had all the shots on Saturday for yeah. Millwall. I think they they had three shots on target. Sorry, all their shots on target. They had three shots on target. Matt Smith had all of them. But didn't really threaten too much. Nicky Mainpar, should mention him. Yeah, what, what did you think about Dan Bentley? Well, he was injured. He was injured. We should say he had a, cro- a groin niggle. 
and Lee Johnson explained after the match that that had occurred. But was it enough not to play? Apparently, well, okay, it, it developed during the game at Huddersfield, mm. but he couldn't kick the ball, basically. He couldn't kick it up to the halfway line. Yeah. So Lee Johnson said he, he could have played him if he really wanted to push him. If it was a cup final, he would have played. Yeah, right, fine. He could have been on the bench, but if he'd have come off the bench... On two minutes, You'd have a defender taking the yeah, goal kicks. Exactly, and that's not, not ideal. So, no, he wasn't dropped, yeah. No, so, yeah, and I actually thought Nicky Meanpar was really good, and I, I really liked him. Question marks on the goal, I think he was a little bit, basically, well, he should have been stronger, and he was blocked off in typical fashion, as we always see on set pieces, so he had to be a bit more, well, use his experience there and find his way around. Rustiness? Yeah, possibly. But what I really liked was he came out and he caught so many shots and, and crosses mm. where we've seen Dan Bentley to develop this habit of pushing the ball into bad and dangerous areas. And basically, I, I make Bentley culpable for a few goals in, in the recent matches. And I think he has lost a bit of form. Mm. He has been excellent in the main this season. But I, I really like main bar. I said it last season. Uh, this year, too. I was thinking on the way here that... <laughs> Body shape, he reminds me of Pepe Reines a bit more. Mm. Heavy, he's got that heavier build, whereas Bentley... He's is, skinny, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's more like David De Gea, isn't he? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, he's more he's of a skinnier, so tall. But so agile, yeah. And yeah. I have to say, Bentley has made fantastic one-on-one saves this season that really kept the opposition out and won points, essentially, for mm. Bristol City. But at the same time, main part, I, I just always feel that bit more comfortable with him at the okay. back. I just always feel he's not going to make a mistake. He's solid in coming for aerial challenges. Whose distribution is better? That's a close one. I would guess, without looking at the stats, I would guess that Bentley's is because I think that's why he's been brought in. And I know Lee Johnson was big on him arriving from Brentford in the summer. So I would guess that Bentley's is better. Although, saying that, just recently, his kicking hasn't been... The standard that it was earlier mm. in the season so maybe it is about freshness and um, and, and maybe yeah there is room for main part in this side still a lack of creativity a lot of people are asking where is Casey Palmer if Bristol City are struggling for creativity Jamie Patterson has come back from his loan spell at Derby and he's been playing quite well but you know if Bristol City are struggling for creativity then what is the reason that Casey Palmer isn't playing because if we look at the stats from the Millwall game only one shot on target and that was the goal three shots in total they had almost half the possession but you know it's it's not great is it three I know they're away from home but it's uh, it's pretty damning statistic isn't it yeah no shots on target apart from the goal really you can look at it like that and they only had two shots on target at Huddersfield and then they've only had one shot on target in three of their other games in in the last six it's pretty bad so yeah apart from the derby game at home basically yeah you're you're looking at an average of one shot on target a game Mm. and I was looking a bit more into this the last few days and only Luton are averaging fewer shots on target in the whole of the division so, and look where they are. Yeah, that's that's a problem. Although, conversely, to be fair, um, the Bristol City have scored 
um, the seventh amount, but most amount of goals in the league. Although it is fairly close, so they don't really have a problem scoring goals as such. They but have a problem you know, creating chances. As you say, like I think I said it last week, you're relying on your strikers to be clinical, aren't you? This is true. This is true. I mean, strikers will score more goals if they have more chances. I mean, you could make a good argument that they didn't need a striker like Narky Wells in January. They needed someone to create more. And but isn't that optional yeah. on the bench? Well. Yeah, we'll come on to that now, I guess. And yeah, Jamie Patterson has come back. He's been very good. And they've also got Casey Palmer. Why is Casey Palmer not playing? And well, he was he was not in the 18 at the, at the weekend. And I understand he was fully fit. And I, in fact, he was walking around the stadium before the before the match. So with, he travelled? Yeah, with Tommy Rowe and... Let me ask you this, if you're not in the match day squad, do you still travel? Or is there often an extra man, isn't there, and things like that? It, it, it differs, it depends on match to match. I mean, going back to a story I did covered on Palmer, I know that he, he, there was a bit of a disagreement with Lee Johnson earlier in the season because he was made to travel for a, a match he wasn't involved in, but other players weren't made, so it was kind of like he was being picked on in a way. But but I think they've kind of got over this. And and, and was maybe he was the spare man, not in the eighteen. No, it was it wasn't that he was the nineteenth man either. It it wasn't to do that. There is a bit more to that, but um, it looks like they've I got over. I met on Saturday. Oh, it's Millwall. Sorry. Yeah. Well. There was several of the guys there. They all travelled, which okay. is good, and they watched the game. And there was Tommy Rowe, Casey Palmer, Benicophobe, and Zach Viner, and they were all sat with Matt Parsons. And they were sat underneath the away fans in the north stand at Millwall. And it was good to see them watching on from the game, and it was good to see them involved and everything. Mm. And I think that is the right route to go yeah. down. But in terms of Palmer not playing, it, it is weird because you've got Eliasson and and Patterson now Eliasson's gone off form a little bit recently and Jamie Patterson has been very good since he came back but would you not have Casey Palmer involved because as we say they're only averaging one shot a game of the last few games they, they're not creating much at all their XG is, is <laughs> not good and I looked at the stats for this season and per 90 minutes Casey Palmer this might surprise you this, this won't He's made the most three balls per game. He makes the most successful three balls. He makes the most dribbles per game. But he also successful dribbles. Yeah, successful dribbles in the whole squad per per ninety minutes. But he also makes the most tackles per ninety minutes when he plays. When he plays, yeah, when this is average of when he yeah, plays for ninety minutes. So if he played ninety minutes, yeah, he yeah. would make more tackles than any other player. So I don't understand. Given all that, and it kind of shows there that he's not just a like a, a one trick pony. One trick pony, and he is pulling his uh, he is shifting his weight around the pitch he's putting the shifts in so why is he not being well, picked this is the thing isn't it is it is it a case of does Lee Johnson see him as a luxury player or something because he will have access to those statistics that you've just quoted there I mean could we see him at, at the weekend or is Lee Johnson waiting to pair him back up with Benicophobe but you, you can't just have a player that can only play one, one of the player I don't believe that to be the case yeah I mean we should add into this as well it, it's completely legitimate. If Lee Johnson doesn't rate him or doesn't think he's working hard enough on the training ground... Well, we don't see what's in the training ground. Yeah, that's that's completely legitimate. However, then why did the club buy him last summer for a, what we understand is a fee of around £4 million, which is... One of the mo- makes him one of the most expensive Bristol well, yeah. City signings of all time. I think I was you've got thinking, Gigi was around five. Yeah, Callister was eight. There's yeah. not many more that are more exactly. than I that. I think Narky Wells probably around four million as well. So he's he's on par with that. You, you're looking at one of the most expensive players. He's also one of the biggest earners in the squad from our our understanding. Oh, really? So 
shouldn't this guy be more involved? Or there if must not, be more to it. There yeah. must be more. Or to if it. not, why was he not signed? So, my understanding is that Lee Johnson has hasn't um, discarded him just yet. And he, I mean, we asked him at the, at the press conference that Lee last did, the one for West Brom, and mm. he said that, in fact, when they signed Narky Wells, it was with the vision of seeing um, Casey Palmer back in the side, supplying passes to him, because the two of them played together at Huddersfield, obviously. So there, there could be a nice link up there. Plus, you've got Benic Afobe returning, and Afobe mm. and, and Palmer had this great bromance that they've developed this, this season. So... Yeah, it just it just then seems so odd that he's not involved whatsoever. I think Lee Johnson is trying to toughen him up. This is what my sources have told me that that basically Lee Johnson wants to make him mentally stronger, wants to make him more focused, wants to essentially toughen him up and make sure that he's producing his very best form. Was he not doing that all the, start the time? Of the well, that, that's a good question. I, I'd probably, I would probably say no, he wasn't. I think he was a bit inconsistent. And I'm not saying that Palmer is the saviour and he should no, be no, definitely no, I'm not either. No, no, no. But for that inconsistency, you also got moments of brilliance, didn't you? Yeah. And you off the bench? Exactly. Not an option? Exactly, exactly. And I was amazed he didn't play a part at Huddersfield because it was at his old club. And we all know how players are always so motivated to play at their old clubs. I'm sure there will be people there that he knows. Narky Wells was playing. You would have thought Huddersfield would attack, so there would be space for his through balls to go into mm. and, and set Wells off. So, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I, uh, Someone's not adding up, so, is it? Yeah. We'll have to see how this one plays out. Uh, but 87 is the number of changes that Lee Johnson has made this season. You told me the only manager that's made more changes than that in the whole of the Championship is Lee Bowyer at Charlton. Now, this question was put to him after the Millwall game, and this is how he reacted. You don't want to make those changes, and listen, the starting point is you wouldn't believe what's happened to us this year. Yeah, there's three books, let alone one, and, and maybe one day, probably in five years' time, that'll all come out. But there's been so many circumstances, and like as a manager, you want to keep a consistent shape, you want to keep a consistent starting eleven, and then if somebody bursts through that, it's because they've ousted the other individual. But you've only got to look at today. Bentley's out for injury. Corey Smith comes back for injury. Obviously, Pereira comes back in. Um, Vyman comes back in. I don't know if anyone saw his face today. Um, yeah, have a look at the pictures on his face. He had some tooth infection, and he was out there. I'm trying to get him to say to the referee that he'd had an elbow in the first five minutes. Um, yeah, but he wasn't his, uh, at his best looking today. So we carry on. All right, thank you. OK, so what what does he mean by that? That's uh, some strong stuff. Is it deflection or is it legitimate? Yeah, it's um, certainly got the tongues wagging, that's for sure. Basically, the fans deserve to know what, if there are extenuating circumstances, what is what behind the scenes. So, yeah, some people might be a little bit cynical and say he's deflecting because he knows that the, the club isn't in the best form and he's getting criticism and he's just deflecting it away. Others might see this as him actually almost... Not not breaking ranks as such, but maybe saying, "Listen, it's not all my fault. <laughs> what, what's happening at the club? And and if we've made mistakes, there's there's other people who, who are responsible here." Mm. My own understanding is that 
he's referencing the Benicophobe stuff there, both the injury and obviously the sad stuff um, with Benick's um, daughter. Yeah, and then he's also referencing all the terrible injury stuff that they've had this year. Don't let's not forget that Corey Smith, Jada Silva, Thomas Callas, all key players have been out for extended periods of time, months at a time. Remember, Corey was out for such a long time, almost up to Christmas. Jada Silva out till almost up to Christmas. Callas, Thomas Callas out mm-hmm. for for long periods of time. But then I also think he is referencing the transfer business that the club has done. And I don't think that Lee Johnson wanted to sell... Well, I know he didn't want to sell Josh Brownhill Mm. um, until the summer. This is a key player. They had a a father-son relationship that he's he's spoken about before. So there's no way he would have wanted to let him go in January. I believe he was probably talked round into seeing this as the best thing for the club. Mm. But that's a little bit different. Oh, they miss him, though. Yeah, they do. His energy in midfield, definitely. I I, I don't think... I'll be honest, I don't think I quite realised how much they missed Josh Brownhill. Because I was like, oh, no, it's OK. You know, you've got Hannah saying you're ready to step up. You've got Adonai, who's there. And then you've got Corey Smith holding things together. And you've got all these other options. But, oh, my gosh, he's missed. Yeah, the, unfortunately, Henrik is, Henriksen has come in. And I've been I've seen the potential with him. I don't think he's shown his best yet. But he is a very different player from Josh Brownhill. He's not got the energy levels maybe he will have because remember he's only played a few games before Mm. he joined Bristol City uh, in January but he's not got that energy and box to box running that Josh Brownhill did and that made him a key part of the engine room at Bristol City and if you just go back a few months we now see that Bristol City have lost Marlon Pack, Josh Brownhill and yeah basically the key part of their midfield um, so yeah there's 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 questions to be asked there and just to round off the Lee Johnson transfer one I, I, I just think that he would have been he wouldn't have wanted to lose Marlon Pack on the last day of the summer, summer transfer window and then the whole Jamie Patterson thing with him going on loan right at the end of the window mm. was that to basically save his wages and just and, and cut some money out from the from the bill um, with with maybe Casey Palmer having arrived but then Patterson returning in January it, it just all doesn't make too much sense really it doesn't look like there's too much long term planning because I don't think these things would have would have happened as they have done if, if, if it was going according to how you wanted it to uh, Fulham 125th anniversary for the club uh, what special things are going to be happening at Ashton Gate on Saturday so they've got they've announced today actually they've got um, several of the old players coming onto the pitch before the game so that's going to be good they've also got classic football shirts on display the 1909 shirt that they wore in the FA Cup final We've, we spoke about that um, before I've, I've got a picture of it on my phone actually it's blue would you believe wow so um, yeah I, th- I think they did they play Manchester I think they played Manchester United in the F- in the FA Cup final then which they unfortunately lost but yeah that um, will be on display and then there is yeah basically a lot of party stuff going on outside Ashton Gate they've got a lot of DJ all that kind of thing and yeah don't forget they're going to have the new 125 shirt I know you've got what do you think of that <laughs> I've seen you tweeting that it's growing on you. <laughs> I, I've seen it a couple of times. You've got again. one, haven't you, in your cupboard? No, no, no. I, so your pyjama top? I don't think it's quite as bad <laughs> as some people have made out. It, you know what, I look at it and I think it looks a little bit sort of basketball-y, um, especially with those sort of tram lines that it's got on the top section. It is an amalgamation of like different shirts, isn't it? It's nine different shirts. Nine? I think it's nine is different it? shirts, yeah. So... Um, it, I think it might be referencing back 
well, it's obviously referencing the history of the club, but yeah, I think it takes um, bits from from nine different shirts, and that makes it look a little bit messy. So maybe some people would say, but I don't think it's taste. too bad. Yeah, and. Conversely, though, the club have announced that their pre-sales have been fantastic of it. And I, and I know that some of the media guys have said that actually on Instagram, if you go off Twitter, on Instagram, it's had a lot of likes and a lot of um, good attention. Instagram's so different to Twitter, isn't it, though? Because Instagram's all, 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 uh, all about image. Have you got Instagram? I have got Instagram. Have yeah, you? I don't, I hardly, hardly I've use never it, found you on Instagram, oh, Pepper. Well, that's something for me to do this afternoon. Uh, okay, so lots happening, but obviously the most important thing is the result on the pitch against Fulham, who uh, have had different results recently, haven't they? Uh, they're at the moment going through transitions with their stand being knocked down at Craven Cottage, uh, but on the field, you know, they are going for promotion. They beat Preston uh, last Saturday. Before that, they got that late, late winner against Swansea. A lot of character after Mitrovic missed that penalty, wasn't there? Um, they drew with Fulham. But before that, they lost 3-0 to Barnsley at home, which was just really quite a bizarre result. With, you know, it's probably, out of all their recent results, a bit of an anomaly because they've been fairly consistent. Although they did lose to Reading back on New Year's Day. So they're third in the table. They're still in with a shout of automatic promotion. Uh, what are you thinking ahead of this one? Well, obviously, Bristol City have a good record against Fulham, first of all, and they played very, very well at Craven Cottage earlier this season. Should caveat that with that both sides have got new players in their team. I think Hector for Fulham could could be key. He's obviously a very good player and he's come in for them. And they might be a little bit different from when they played back in November, I think it was, or was it October, um, over in West London. And Bristol City do seem to have played better on the road. So I just wonder this game whether they will be able to replicate that win I, I'm not so sure they will and I do fancy a draw at this time of asking I wonder if it might be another one. yeah well he's injured isn't he he picked up a hamstring injury okay. at the weekend so it doesn't look like he will be what is he not going to be fit for the game to he came off after 17 minutes, I think, mm. or, or something, 13 or 17 minutes of the week at uh, the okay. weekend. And it looks like, yeah, he, he won't be involved. Bobby Reid? Yes, he could be, although is he is he playing much at the moment? He seems to be a bit in and out. Um, but Joe Bryan, I'm just having a quick look on his uh, Instagram and always put his I cheers. Mean, that was his last post, so no update there on his injury. Uh, for the game... This weekend, I mean, wouldn't it be a good opportunity to use Bobby Reid against his old side? Would he be tempted? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he, they will do. And he, he did start the weekend against Preston, actually. So, yeah, would expect him to play a key role, unfortunately. And yeah, I, I just wonder if you've been playing him sort of in midfield. Yeah, hasn't he? yeah, maybe with that license to get forwards to sort of into dangerous. And then when you've positions. got Knockhart and Cavalera and Mitrovic in the team, he's going to have to play a bit deeper, isn't he? Absolutely. Well, of course, he was a midfielder before he was there. A striker, converted striker by Lee Johnson. So maybe, maybe he's being being used back there. We will see. Uh, what, did you think Bristol City can get something from this? Then would a point be good? I mean, they're winning four now. Yeah, I think there's a bit of pressure to get a win. And the other thing is, let's not forget it's on Sky, and it should be fairly close to a full house. I think they've sold some twenty-two thousand tickets at the time of recording now, but you'd expect that to go up mm-hmm. before the weekend. It, there is the, the special rates that they're offering, so it might well be a full house. Yeah, it's an early kickoff, and 
with all the celebrations, I mean, happy birthday, basically, Bristol City. Mm. Although the one thing we should, probably should say as well is that, rather oddly, 125 years was 2019, not technically 2020. But is it because it's the season? Yeah, that's the way the, the club is. Why have they picked this weekend, then? Well, yeah, good question. I think, it's, I think basically, it's just one that they... That they saw as an opportunity to to face a good team, somebody they might actually beat as well, and 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 yeah, plenty of time to get things all sorted, and, and it like might well be on TV and raise the profile of the club a little mm. bit. So yeah, no no complaints there. I think that's probably quite smart work really. And but whether they can win, just not sure that there's enough going right for them on the pitch at the moment. Although. To be fair, if Lee Johnson could turn it around and they got a result in this one, it's the sort of game that could then kickstart uh, some form and for them to then go on and clinch a place in the top six. I mean, there's another international break coming up soon. It's not that far away, is it? So, you know, they want to get some form together before then. Yeah, yeah, they do. Well, I, the break is... The thing is, with regarding their fixtures, is they've got to play pretty much everyone around them. They've got Blackburn yeah. away. Blackburn coming up, Sheffield Wednesday, but then Nottingham Forest. I mean, Forest is, is a big one. That's on a, been moved to the Sunday now, hasn't it? So, uh, Sunday game. But they've also got Swansea and Cardiff away after yeah, that. Yeah, big, big Seven-side derby of Cardiff missing Lee Tomlin, of course, who's ruled out for most of the rest of the season, I it's believe. It's a shame for him, because he's been playing well. He has, yeah. Aidan Flint only on the bench at the moment for Cardiff as well. Yeah, so, uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting times. But we're looking ahead of ourselves. Cottages, it's going to be tough. Big game. I just wonder as well, though, if things go really badly and they lost, could we see the atmosphere turn a little bit toxic and maybe even a few Johnson out shouts? Because... Because there is a lot, I, we, we probably can't ignore it, but there is a lot of unrest in terms of a lot of fans questioning Lee Johnson at the moment. I understand why, but then again, I look at the club and year on year they are progressing. Is it a case of the way he plays that fans are unhappy with? Is it a case of style of play? Because from what I've read, that seems to be more their problem rather than where Bristol City are at because they can still make the playoffs this season. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's the performances, as, as we said at the beginning of the podcast, it's only averaging, what, yeah, three shots on target a game, not looking like they're going to score many goals. This wretched home form that's been going on for a while now, and we have to say it has, it has been a problem last season as well. So I think a lot of fans see this as almost coming up to some a year, 18 months of, of poor home form that they haven't been able to get right coupled with poor performances and at a time when they've brought in a lot of good players such as Narky Wells and, and they see Lee Johnson as culpable but however I have to say that um, from my point of view I think Lee Johnson does deserve time it is as you say year on year progression and you've only got 10 games left of the season they are still in a great position 7th in the league could well go on and get a top 6 position if they can get some more wins together and yeah so I, I, I think they've got to give him a bit more time um, now one thing I do when I see Lee Johnson and I'll be back at Ashton Gate a week on Tuesday I'm, I'm coming back to do my uh, days for Sky soon from maternity leave is uh, shake his hand when I see him won't be doing that because of coronavirus because the club has banned handshakes now they haven't banned handshakes before the game, though, have they? But where's the line drawn with this? So, yeah, we've done some digging on this, and we understand that ahead of Saturday's match with Fulham, 
There are no plans to stop the practice of shaking hands. Before the game. Before the game. But? But for several weeks, the club has operated a no-handshake policy. Several weeks? Yeah, at Phelan's with staff and players (laughs) instructed to greet each other with a bump of the fist. Love it. (laughs) Um, As as I'm saying this, we're laughing because I'm showing Michelle a picture of Corey Smith and Matt Matt Parsons. Parsons. Bumping fists at this moment. Um, this was this accompanied the story. Still going to transfer gems like that, guys. Yeah. I, does that work? <laughs> I don't know. But let's be serious about this for a minute. You know, coronavirus is obviously a very serious thing that's happening right now across the world. It looks like it will become a pandemic, even though they haven't classed it as that. And it's scary. It's scary for every single person. Is this going to affect football? Are we going to finish the season, Gregor? Are we going to be playing games behind closed doors? Or do you know no more than me? Yeah, I'm not too sure we should speculate too much, but... I say it because of what's happened in Italy. No, absolutely. Yeah, and I was going to reference that. I I think, yeah, it's only wise to look at what's happening in Syria. Plenty of games being called off, even Juventus into Milan. The the big game of the season in Syria, the top two, was called off at the weekend um, because of coronavirus. So there are big problems across football, and it is forecasted, you'd, you'd probably... You wouldn't be stretching too far to think that it is going to have an effect on football this season. I mean, in the UK, in the UK, but yeah. but maybe it might come affect us more towards in the towards the summer, and it might or the Euros and things. Yeah, maybe more when the the, the season is is drawing to a close. So it's hard to say, yeah. isn't it? I mean, you know, it's it's very you know you don't want to speculate at all because it's just uncharted territory. It's just looking at Italy and what they've done there. It makes you think, oh, okay. And sadly, cases seem to be going up each day. It's um, it's a bit of a scary time. Obviously, yeah. Keep your hands clean and avoid contact. And uh, avoid contact. Yeah, yeah Greg was actually sat twenty <laughs> metres away on the other side of the room. The room. But um, yeah, we just all got to be sensible, haven't we? Hand sanitizers are the way forward. Good luck finding one of those at the moment. Mm. Um, okay, Greg. Well, thank you very much. Uh, we will be back next week, reflecting on the Fulham match and reflecting on the one hundred and twenty-five years and how that's gone as well. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Robins on the Wire.